Dominus Vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioannem. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Verbum Domini. Take just a moment, please, and make sure your cell phone is turned off. Apaganos telefonos adelares, por favor. You've heard me mention it before. If someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass, staying even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. Well, why is that? It's because the Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It it just can't be skipped. But after this Mass, there's another Mass at 8 p.m. They could attend that one. You can see there on the cover of the bulletin, yesterday was class number one for grades one, two, three, and four. This Saturday is class number one for the upper grades. It says there at the bottom... Uh, The first class is crucial, so if you miss that class, I'm sorry, but you're just going to have to wait until the the beginning of 2016 to begin. Uh, Those who are unable to attend the first class can begin in January 2016. So um, I I don't like that. I I like to to help everybody, but uh, starting over and over again isn't helping everybody. Look on page four. There at the very top of the page, uh, yesterday, uh, began the month of August. Um, The month of August is dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Over there, you see those uh, two statues, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Parents, grandparents, I can't can't emphasize this enough. I I mentioned it last week during the the homily on, on, I think it was Wednesday. These are not just decorations. Oh, look, he's decorated the church. Friends, June was the month of the most sacred heart of Jesus. This month is the month of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
two hearts beating as one. In between the two hearts is the month of July, the most precious blood of Jesus. Where did Jesus get his blood? Um, we have the answer to that. It's Alaska. Jesus got his blood from a... No, he got it from the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You know, parents and grandparents, you're just worn down, I'm sure, answering a million questions, and then another hour goes by, right? And there's another million questions. So many times you think your children know this stuff. Well, um, yeah, how, how does a child grow, and then later, after nine months, how does he, how's he born? Well, he's fed. His mother's own blood feeds the child. The child grows. And in nine months, everybody knows this. Oh, really? Oh, really? Uh, now, on the local, state, and federal level, there are people who have no idea when life begins. When you come home from the hospital, life begins. How bizarre is that? The um, Anyway, so these uh, statues are very helpful for you parents, uh, uh, grandparents, godparents. I mean, there they are. You, they're, for, they're there for your use. It's not just decoration. The uh, flowers there in front of those statues and over here too, those four arrangements. I have a brother and two sisters, a younger brother and two older sisters. Yesterday my mom uh, turned 80. Um, so um, one for each of us. It's amazing. My mom's 80 and I'm only 29. And I have a younger brother who's older than I am. So uh, it's amazing. Miraculous. Um, yesterday was a first Saturday. So many of you are making your five first Saturdays. The, um, today um, is the Feast of Our Lady of the Angels. St. Francis of Assisi, the first um, church he rebuilt was Our Lady of the Angels. St. Francis used to declare that of all the churches, he loved that church the best. He said the reason he loved it the best was because Our Lady and the angels used to go there often to pray. Well, you know, um, wherever you find Jesus in Holy Communion, Jesus is Christ the King. Um, his, his Queen, Our Lady, is there. So are the angels and saints, his heavenly court. You think you can have Christ the King without his court, his queen and his court? Absolutely not. And yet people just pass up opportunities to visit a Catholic church. There are a hundred churches in Greenville. There's one Catholic church. Um, so don't, again, don't just presume that your children know this. Children are great. They really are. Teenagers, young adults are great. Some of them are great at just kind of humming along. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. If, if the kids know so much, why is it that this summer you've had to say a million times, close the door. I can't air condition the backyard. Yeah, I know that. See what I mean? Yeah. Right up there with whatever. Ugh. Anyway, so we, um, we have to do what we can to, to, to help them understand these things. On page five. Tuesday is the Feast of St. John Vianney. This is a statue I bought at ours. St. John Vianney, um, was, he died exactly 100 years before I was born. He died in 1859. Um, he was not embalmed. His body was exhumed later on. 
his body is behind glass at an altar in the church where he worked and lived and died. His body is incorrupt. The um, amazing, amazing for so many reasons. August 5th is the feast of the dedication of the largest church in the world dedicated to Our Lady. Um, it's also the day that St. Padre Pio received his uh, warning uh, shot over the bow before he got the stigmata on September 20th, 1918. So, uh, uh, 97 years ago, he got his transverberation. That's what it's called. What's that? I don't know. Skip it. No, it was the warning shot. It was um, for the next 50 years, he would have the, the, the marks of the nails on his hands, his feet and his side, just like St. Francis of Assisi. Yeah, the stigmata. So um, um, just interesting. Uh, Thursday, August 6th, is the Feast of the Transfiguration of Jesus. That's also the day, uh, August 6th, uh, 1221. Uh, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. That's the day on which um, St. Benedict, sorry, St. Dominic Guzman died, the founder of the Dominicans. Um, the uh, first Friday is um, here, so we have. Uh, Communion service uh, in the morning, again in the afternoon, and then the Mass in, at night. So if you're making your nine First Fridays or you want to begin them, there you go. Uh, Pope St. Sixtus II and his fellow martyrs. Then Saturday is uh, August the 8th, the Feast of St. Dominic Guzman, the founder of the Dominicans. The uh, Why isn't he on August the 6th? Well, that day's already taken. And Friday was already taken, so that's the first open day. August 6th also was the anniversary of the, uh, the bombing of Hiroshima uh, three days later, Nagasaki, to bring about an end to the Second World War in Japan, in the Pacific. Uh, on page 7, uh, it's interesting to look at this. Um, uh, why uh, Jesus would refer to his mother as woman. Was he getting sassy? Um, no. That's the short answer, no. Um, so um, in the Bible, if you look, what did Adam call his helpmate? Um, well, we have it there. He called her baby. I'm sorry, honey. No, he called her woman. It was after the original sin that he started making up those other names. Anyway, the, uh, he, um, he called her woman, which uh, indicates that she is without sin. When Jesus refers to Our Lady as woman... It's a compliment. It's not sassy. Page uh, eight, sorry, page eight and nine. I reworked those. They were just rife with errors. Um, so um, we're at the 185th anniversary of the Miraculous Medal. I hope I make it another 15 years. It'll be the 200th anniversary of the uh, Miraculous Medal. Again, here, they're in the middle of page eight. The Immaculate Conception is the first moment of the first minute, of the first hour, of the first day, of the first week, of the first month, of the nine months before the child Mary was born. Now, everybody knows that that's how you come into this world. If you believe that, you really are mistaken. I hear people all the time um, talking about you're only, a, you're only a, a baby when you're brought home from the hospital. How 
I dare them to say that to someone who's just lost a child before a full term. Um, no, they're cowards. Um, and they're also irrational. The, no, life be, if life does not begin at conception, demand that they tell you when. Now, friends, if you read page uh, uh, 8 and 9 about the Immaculate Conception and you speak to someone who's a non-Catholic Christian and they, they, they're they at odds with what we believe about the Immaculate Conception. Well, that's what you Catholics believe. Then say, okay, how do you see it? How did how was Jesus born without sin? Well, I... Um, uh, 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 and if, if they don't do all that, then you're going to hear pretty much it was hocus pocus. Harry Potter. No, Harry Potter is a fictional character. Um, so if you're, we we describe how Jesus was born um, without original sin, without the effects of the first sin, and it's the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. It actually involves his mother. It actually involves his grandmother. Page nine. Uh, friends, this last half of page 9, I mentioned last week, Humane Vitae. There's how you spell it. So if you want to look it up, you can dot, type it into, type in Vatican.va and then type in Humane Vitae or On Human Life. 31 paragraphs. And, um, you know, the last week, well, the last few weeks, we've been hearing about Planned Parenthood. Uh, Planned Parenthood. The woman who founded Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. If you look at the third paragraph in the bottom, Margaret Sanger did not consider that life matters. Her company continues to honor Sanger and her memory on their websites. They they say nothing against her. We're so proud of Margaret Sanger. Um, Planned Parenthood receives over half a billion dollars of our tax money each year. You know that they're also a non-profit company? Yeah. And I'm 10 feet tall. Just because I say I'm 10 feet tall doesn't make it so. Um, the, um, it says here, um, you can read on, and it says uh, right the fourth paragraph in the bottom. Margaret Sanger had as one of her goals to destroy people she considered to be weeds on earth. You know, like in your garden, weeds. Yes, that was Margaret Sanger's term, weeds. Margaret Sanger was very specific. It is sad to relate that Margaret Sanger's main target was African Americans. Uh, Planned Parenthood has not said, you know, we're so proud that Margaret Sanger is our founder, but that business about African Americans being weeds, there's nothing on their website about it. Then you look at the last paragraph. So last week there was all this coverage about that lion in Africa, Cecil. And yet, Cecile Richards, who is the president of Planned Parenthood, um, uh, there was almost no coverage about how they've been harvesting the, um, the bodies of the children who've been aborted. I will not go into graphic detail. There are children present, and I, I just won't push the point. If, if you haven't heard about this, that's because they're so busy covering Cecil, the lion, that Cecile Richards has not been covered. Um, when asked about the videos that were taken, Cecile Richards said that 
it's regrettable that the tone was what it was. Those children did not die of tone. They died um, because of of what happened. Anyway, moving on to page 10. The, um, the nine first Fridays, if you'd like to start yours, here are the twelve promises. And friends, when was the last time you said these words? Blessed Mother, I love you. Or Saint Joseph, I love you. How about your children, your grandchildren? Every day, all the time, Father. Yeah, right. Here's that prayer again. It takes about 30 seconds to pray. I mean, we're, we never waste time, do we? Right? Um, so I love this prayer uh, because... Um, um, it's so it's so helpful to me uh, to hear me say, "Blessed Mother, I love you." When you say to the children, "Blessed Mother," do they know you're talking about the Mother of Jesus? Oh well, of course they do. Really, ask them. Um, uh, do they know who the Blessed Virgin Mary is? Um, what? Huh? I'm just saying is we we really do presume that children, uh, young people, know things. How do we? How do they know that? How, how, we, we don't. We live in a post-Christian culture. We really do. Page eleven and twelve. You've seen those before. If you haven't read them, at least read page twelve. And then the last page in the uh, in the bulletin, the um, this um, immaculate heart of Mary extended novena. The uh, if you want to be included in that, we'll get those up there. It's. Um, the text that's written on there is is beautiful. It really is uh, about the month of June, the month of July, the month of August. Uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Also, um, there are many people who are considering. They'd like to learn more about the Catholic Church, or they're considering joining the Catholic Church. Once you express an interest in the Catholic Church and joining the Catholic Church, you cannot turn back. No, sir, you have. No, that's not it. That's not true at all. You want to learn. If you learn and you pray about it, you discern. Maybe you will join. Maybe you won't. Um, the classes begin on September 16th. It's just over a month away. So you can get ready. Um, so September 16th at 7 p.m., and uh, be over in the uh, education building. So uh, please spread the word. I think that's everything. Okay, from the first reading, if you turn back to the first reading, those first lines. The whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, Would that we had died? at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt as we sat by our flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. But you had to lead us into this desert to make the whole community die of famine. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, they were accusing Moses and Aaron. They were accusing God of trying to kill them. Um, That's a capital offense. In my, in my book. Uh, you might recall that on page 10 of the bulletin last week, I quoted Pope Benedict's Jesus of Nazareth. What a beautiful book. On page 33, there's a famous quote that is from a German Jesuit killed by Hitler in um, his Germany. Remember, it starts like this. Bread is important. Uh, freedom is more important. 
What is most important is unbroken fidelity and faithful adoration. Well, I mean, come on, that's just obvious, right? I mean, everybody knows that. Oh, really? Read the first two lines of the first reading today. The Israelites didn't recognize it. Yeah. You brought us out here in the desert to that. We could be back in Egypt. We could be eating meat and bread as slaves. Oh, wait a minute. Bread's important. Freedom is more... There's a certain order. Yeah, Eating is important. Freedom is more important. The Page 10 of last week's bulletin, the Pope went on to write, when we take this um, ordering, bread is important, freedom is more important, what is most important is unbroken fidelity. Here's unbroken fidelity and faithful adoration. When we take that and stand it on its head, the Pope said, the Pope wrote, when this ordering of goods is no longer respected, and friends, it is no longer respected. When this ordering of goods is no longer respected, when it's turned on its head, the result is not justice or concern for human suffering. The result is rather ruin and destruction even of material goods themselves. Here's a man who lived through the destruction of Hitler's Germany. When, um, when, God is re- when God is regarded as secondary matter that can be set aside temporarily or permanently on account of more important things, it is precisely these supposedly more important things that come to nothing. Yeah. So um, bread is important. Liberty is more important. But most important is unbroken fidelity and faithful adoration. This is some. This is a great gift. These these um, these lines that Father Delp um, preached during World War II. The um, uh, what happened as a result of their grumbling? God did not come down and crush the Israelites like a bug with his shoe. Instead, he gave them. He gave them food for the next 40 years in the desert. Four zero. Forty years. They ate manna. Uh, rained down bread from heaven. We hear too about, uh, it says, uh, in the evening you shall eat flesh. And in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. It says in the, uh, in the, in the first reading that in the evening quail came up and covered the camp. You know, there's a migratory... Uh, pattern that animals fall, birds follow, and some speculate that they fly and fly and fly. They, they get blown off course when their wings, their muscles are uh, exhausted. They have to land, and look, they just landed right there. And of course, quail can't run fast, so we're going to have meat, and then this um, bread um, that rained down from heaven, the manna. And the meat, the quail, um, this is getting us ready for this. The uh, sacrifice of Jesus uh, on the cross that gives us, he gives us his body, blood, soul, and divinity as food for our journey in Holy Communion. In Holy Communion. Uh, What happened for 40 years in the desert in the Old Testament is getting us ready for what Jesus says in today's Gospel. I was talking to a friend of mine. Last week, I won't tell you what state she lives in, 
But uh, where she went to church uh, last Sunday, you know, the Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish and he multiplies them enough to feed over 20,000 people, men, women, and children. And she was telling me that, yeah, at, at where she went to church, she was told that um, Jesus did not perform a miracle, but uh, he just got them to share what they had with each other. That's interesting because Friday, when I was heading back to Greenville from Dallas, I stopped in at the grocery store and I got one of those rotisserie chickens. You know, they're, they're just in that, that container and they're still hot right off the rotisserie. And I didn't put it in the ice chest because that has to cool down and then uh, didn't, it melt all the ice, right? So it smells so good. Um, I got one, I put it in the trunk and I got back to Greenville. And at 10 o'clock, after the rosary procession, I took it out of the trunk and, and put it in the refrigerator. Refrigerator. By then, it, it had cooled off. The next morning when I went to move the car, my car smelled like a rotisserie chicken. I think I like that better than the new car smell. The, uh, anyway, what if instead of that, what if on Friday, instead of doing that, I came... Uh, I went by and got a stringer of fish out of the lake, just plopped them down in the trunk, left that there for a couple of days. How would my car smell, right? The, um, uh, now think about it. Last Sunday, Jesus performed that miracle. The, the people are still go- there are people still going around saying that Jesus did not perform a miracle. He, um, they just pulled out their fish. Yeah, here, would you like some of this fish? I've been carrying it under my arm uh, for the last two or three days. I don't want to eat it, but I want to see you eat it. The, uh, can you imagine how that would smell? And they were in a deserted place. What were these, flying fish, like the quail? Their, their, their wings got tired? How do they get there? It's just so ridiculous. People pulling. Now, my ice chest has wheels on it. I got smart. I got one of those ice chests that has wheels on it. Did these people have ice chests back then? Uh, no, they didn't have ice. Well, they had ice when it snowed. The, um, but friends, think about it. If that's how people in 2015 are still being told that about the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes, friends, we got a lot of work. Not only do we have to tell children the truth, we also have to run interference for the static. In um, On page 6 of the bulletin there at the top, you see that prayer. One, two, three. Prayer at the top, the prayer after communion. And um, Pope Benedict wrote that book in 2000. It's a beautiful book. And on page 88, uh, where that prayer starts, uh, the Pope was shooting down one of the errors that's still hanging around. Um, this is what the error says. In Mass, in Mass, the, uh, the bread and wine is changed into the body and blood of Christ. That's active. That's Jesus active. But a day later, if I take that communion out of the tabernacle and I use it for the holy hour, that's static. I, can rem- I still can remember what Pope Benedict wrote about that error. He said this. He wrote this. This is nonsense. This is nonsense. 
Um, friends, when, um, when we look at uh, today's gospel, Jesus, uh, they're saying to Jesus, what can you do? What can you do? Jesus says, no, I am. That's how God identified himself first to Moses. Tell them, I am sent me to you. So Jesus identifies himself not by, not by what he does. I'm the bread maker. I'm the bread maker. I'm the baker. No, he says, I am the bread of life. The man who comes to me will never hunger, and the man who believes in me will never thirst. Jesus is doing today what he did for the Israelites in the desert thousands of years ago. Um, and we need to recognize the tremendous opportunity to be fed, to be enriched, to be strengthened. Uh, January 1st of this year, I talked about that rosary procession that you see on page 4 and 5. Every night we have that rosary procession, the Bible study. We've done it for over two years. January 1st, I preached on it in this. You know, of course, January 1st is the day of uh, New Year's resolutions. So a lady came up to me and she said, you know, I'm going to start coming to that every night. And I told her, I said, no, don't do that. Um, she's a very nice lady. They do not live in Greenville. They live outside the city. They have one vehicle, a truck. Uh, she and her husband got married late in life, so they don't have any children. And he's got a disability. So I said, no. On your anniversary, your birthday, special days, days when people die or you know you have a special need, come to the procession on those days. Otherwise, stay home. And when we start, you start at home. When we start here, you start at home. So she started that night, 9 o'clock, January 1st, but she was alone praying the rosary. Her husband's Catholic, but he got into the truck, and with two friends, they were driving into Dallas on I-30. Now, that was January. That's back when it used to rain. Um, so uh, they're driving into Dallas, and it's raining cats and dogs. The um, raining cats and dogs, and um, the... Um, He's going 45 miles an hour. When he sees in his rearview mirror, this car, just rocket, comes by him, just zoom past him. And she hits this puddle of water, does this, and bangs into the truck. How many people were killed? How many people were injured? Now, when she was praying that rosary, and she knew it was raining cats and dogs, she was praying for her husband and their safety. What do you know? What do you know? Um, friends, every day here, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, every day, every day except Thursday and Saturday, we have a holy hour here, sometimes a double holy hour, like during the weekdays. And um, Jesus in Holy Communion, Jesus who is the bread of life, um, he is placed on the altar right there. And, and parents, I want to encourage you to tap into this. Like that woman taps into the rosary. She still does. Um, what's it going to take? Of course, the grace of the rosary comes from the same place. The um, sacred heart of Jesus. The, the grace that comes to us in Holy Communion. Where does it come from? The sacred heart of Jesus. Oh, I'm sure your children know that. Your grandchildren, they're so bright. Um, exactly. But they need to hear it from you 
again and again and again. Uh, so um, I want to encourage you to consider uh, coming by once in a while, maybe for a holy hour, maybe for the double holy hour, or on Sundays maybe just for the single holy hour, but come by once in a while. Now, most people will never do that. I don't take any offense at that. But you do need help. You have problems. Your children and grandchildren have problems and you see them. Are you going to do something about them? Are you going to call down bread from heaven to help them? Or are you just going to sit back and not lift a finger? So here's my suggestion. Um, when we're praying here, why not you at home turn off your technology um, and spend 15, 20, 30 minutes com combining your prayer with our prayer, tapping into that grace. I would suggest that you start this and do it as often as you can. If you can't pray at that specific time that you see on page 4 and 5, then you can always um, do the same thing because Jesus is in the tabernacle. Holy Communion is kept in the tabernacle here. I want to show you one last thing um, for um, uh, you to consider teaching your children. You know, when, when children are small, and for example, when a boy is small, you teach them how to throw a ball. You know, you go out. I've seen kids where dad takes the, the kid out in the backyard, and he throws the ball, and the ball, and it falls to the ground. And he says, well... No, son, you, you need to catch the ball. The uh, dad has to explain to him how to prepare to catch the ball. Um, the, uh, the parallel here in church, uh, for example, at the end of Mass, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you trace this on your body. You've just caught the blessing. You've received the graces. Your children don't know that. Um, sometimes you'll see children just stand there. No, honey. You here and you show them how to make the sign of the cross. Let me show you this. Let me show you this over here. This. This is a very beautiful sacred vessel. It belongs to St. William. You've seen it before. It's called a monstrance. Um, uh, there's a glass piece here, and there's a glass piece here at the back. The back piece uh, has a little latch, and it opens up, and um, the priest or the deacon takes uh, Holy Communion out of the tabernacle in a special container that's made of glass, just slides it in there, closes the door, so now the door doesn't fall open. And then the priest um, places it on the altar for any and all to see. Um, and this is during the time we call it a holy hour. Sometimes it's a double holy hour. It could even be longer than that. Now, um, if this is the part where, um, uh, remember what, what Father Alfred Delp wrote in World War II? Bread is important. Freedom is more important, but what is most important is, um, is uh, unbroken fidelity and faithful adoration. Um, here we are, when, when this is filled with Holy Communion, here we are in the presence of unbroken, 
fidelity. Jesus is unbroken fidelity. What does it demand of me and you? It demands faithful adoration. Now, friends, just a few days ago, Wednesday was the Feast of St. Martha. You know, the sister of Lazarus, sister of Mary. I love St. Martha. Do you remember that beautiful prayer that we get from St. Martha? Jesus was visiting the home of Martha and Mary. Remember when St. Martha uttered that beautiful prayer? Here's how it goes. She said to Jesus, Jesus, can't you see that my sister's making me do all the work? Tell her to get in here and help me. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? That is what St. Martha said. And remember what Jesus said to her? Uh, He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and upset about many things. Mary has chosen the better part. And it will not be denied her. What part did Mary choose? She chose faithful adoration. I love St. Martha because it wasn't too long after that, after she got the dinner fixed, St. Martha told Mary, move over. I want to sit there. Right? Or she got on the other side of Jesus. Because when her brother died, when Lazarus died, St. Martha was a great witness of the power of, coming from Jesus of the resurrection of the dead. So, oh, I'm sorry, your children know all of this stuff, right? I mean, they could have given this homily, right? Well, sure, sure. Here's the part I want to show you. If, um, if you can only make uh, 15 minutes of the, um, of the holy hour, try to shoot for the last 15 minutes. That's when this happens. The priest or the deacon has a special veil, goes over the shoulders, And not only does it cover his shoulders, it covers his hands. When I was ordained a priest, the bishop anointed my hands. Um, But even so, when the priest is about to raise this vessel up, he puts on a veil, covers his hands, so when he grabs the monstrance, his hands are not touching the monstrance. And then the priest does this. He raises the monstrance and he traces a cross in the air. And if you ever look out, if you ever look out, when the priest does that, a lot of people know exactly what's happening. And they do this. When, when the monstrance comes in their direction, they make the sign of the cross. Uh, a lot of people do this. Nothing. They've never been taught. Maybe that's where your children would fall into that category. But like the woman who participates in the rosary every night, Most of the time it's from home. Why not do the same thing? Why not do the same thing either with the holy hour or just join your heart to his sacred heart there in the tabernacle? Um, Friends, um, you are anxious. You are upset about many things. Only one thing is necessary. Um, Unbroken fidelity demands faithful adoration. You think your children are just going to get it by osmosis? You think they're going to learn this stuff just automatically? Absolutely not. You've got work to do. Um, Not only do you have to participate in faithful adoration, you've got the job of of tugging them along. I, I always get a kick out of it. Well, my kids don't like to go to church. What, so you don't bring them? They also don't like going to school. They also don't like eating vegetables. They also don't like helping around the house. So you just let them stay home and eat junk food 
and do nothing around the house? I don't think so. You force them to do all kinds of stuff. Um, exactly. And so, parents, you just have to continue to do what you can to help your children educate. This is kind of a first step as we get the kids back to school. Um, parents, keep don't lose heart. Keep educating them and bringing them to faithful adoration uh, of Jesus. He is the bread come down from heaven. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit.